talk about it. TV2, you're gonna scream and shout it. TV2, just sit back and relax. It's your favorite 90s cartoon podcast. TV2. Hey everybody and welcome back to TV Tunes for a new season. Uh, what up? <laughs> I thought you were going to do your catchphrase. I forgot what it was. Uh, what's up, bitches? Oh, what's up, bitches? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Get ready, Adam. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about Problematic before. Yep. It's going to be it for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're back for, we're doing a season now. That's right. You didn't realize you're, you're our premiere episode. Oh my God. This yeah. is a huge honor. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank I appreciate you it. I mean, uh, it feels fitting for this to uh-oh yeah we really pulled out all the stops yeah uh there's an active shower somewhere behind a nearby wall <laughs> uh the second you hit record the um a bathtub fell through the ceiling like in the money pit yeah yeah uh and it's fully animated just like uh the cartoons we're going to be talking nice. about all right nice uh, uh yeah joining talking... us today we have an intro to you yeah uh, adam mccabe one Adam of the McCann. hosts of Horny for Horror. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm a big old tune head. <laughs> big old tune head over here. Tune uh, head, horror head. I love it all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> love that podcast, too, by the way. Oh, thank yes. you very much. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It scares me and makes me horny at the same time. That's the goal with every episode. <laughs> I don't know if I've said this to you in person yet, but when you posted about the Tim Curry episode, I literally stopped what I was doing <laughs> and immediately listened. Yeah. It was we, amazing. Thank you so much, man. It's very kind. We were fortunate enough to interview Mr. Tim Curry in his home. Yeah. And uh, it was it was a lot of pressure. Like walking up <laughs> yeah. at that moment, my good friend went with me, one of my oldest friends that moved with me to Los Angeles from back home. We were walking up to the door and I stopped him. I was like, I just need you to know what's going on inside my mind. Right now, I know I need to go in there and do this, but also there's a part of me that's like, you don't have to. <laughs> like, you can just walk away and just move home and not not do this because I he's a legend. Yeah. Like, to walk in there is like, will I be cool? That was my thing. It's like, he'll be fine. Will I be, will I embarrass myself? Will I humiliate? It's like, no, he made it easy. Yeah. He, like, said hi. He's a normal human being. He yeah. talks. He's yeah. very polite. He called me sir <laughs> immediately when I met him. I said, hi, it's nice to meet you. And he goes, uh, the pleasure's all mine, sir. And put his hand out. And I was like, it. that's it. I'm what dead. A smooth motherfucker. <laughs> Smoothest. Uh, Still cool as a cucumber, dude. Smoked cigarettes while we talked. <laughs> Slowly blew out his smoke. Uh, but we asked him about that, too. It's like, hey, man, I'm going to be honest with you. You make me want to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> and he goes, uh, all my friends tell me I look so cool when I do it. <laughs> they ask me how I do it. And I say, it's cold style. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Ooh, okay, you're just born with it. Yeah, no, he is great. He's still one of my, yeah, one of my childhood heroes. Yeah. Uh, oh, easily. Scariest people from my childhood, too, because it destroyed me uh, yeah. for a good portion of years. I said easily, which I realize it kind of is arrogant to assume <laughs> that I know who's your influence and who's not. <laughs> but I figure you're about my age. Yeah. So it's like growing up when you have Pennywise, you have the darkness from Legend, you have yeah. Wadsworth from Clue, you have like. He was in everything. He was in everything. And Home Alone 2. And it's like every role is completely night and day different. Yeah. yeah. And 100% in each role and just acting the hell out of it, too. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, but Speaking we of are... heroes and legends. <laughs> yes. Oh, my other hero. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you're here to talk about Chuck Jones, uh, which is awesome. Uh, what, I mean, aside from Chuck clearly being a master of this art form, yeah. mm -hmm. what is it about his cartoons that you feel you, that, that like draws you to them? 
Um, I mean, it informed my sense of humor. I would say, like, the the three biggest things that influenced my sense of humor growing up was um, uh, Simpsons, of course. Mm-hmm. Every one of us. is like, like the joke timing and being quick like that was mm-hmm. from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Seinfeld, as I got a little bit older. So that's, yeah. like, high school me informed, like, oh, you can make, like, a sitcom, but also make it, like, it spoke to me. It's like, it, it doesn't feel cheesy. It felt like everyone was committed. Yeah. So... That to me is like Simpsons is like all the jokes land because of like the sincerity with it. And then with um, Seinfeld, it was like, oh, you can't have a sitcom that's doing the most insane, stupid stuff. But uh, Kramer never like winks at himself. He's deadly. Like and then George is like all that informed me. So that's where it then takes to Chuck Jones. Whereas like as a child, I'd watch Looney Tunes every night at Nick at at seven o'clock. They would play like an hour. And I would watch them back to back, and I would memorize them because I you see the same episodes come up constantly. Yeah. So when one would start, like the title card, you're like, oh, I know this is where this, 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 this. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing of like sincerity and commitment is like with every Chuck Jones cartoon, it will start. You'll know who's in it. Mm-hmm. You'll know what the entire bit is in the first couple lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you talk like the three of us have an improv background and this is the same for sketch. This is the same for any like screenwriting where you want your who, what and where as quickly as possible. Yeah. They would spit that at you and then tell you what you were about to watch yeah. for the next six minutes. All right, here's the goal of this spot. Mm-hmm. This guy's done this and here's how we're going to get it back. Or um, here's where we are. Here's what we have to make work. Don't screw it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's always the same formula and it works every time. Yeah. I'm not sure if Chuck Jones ever did this, but I know uh, Tex Avery definitely did, and they, who, the two of whom were co-workers. Yeah. Um, but Tex Avery would like set up what the cartoon was going to be and literally have a character turn to the audience and say, it's going to be like this for the whole picture, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, and it's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Like, you know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. They, they get the premise out right away, and yeah. they just, it's a string of heightening gags. Yeah. I mean... All the there's so much just great philosophy to like these old tunes, and they all had their points of view and reasons why they did characters the way they did. Mm-hmm. And I loved all of them. Of course, Tex is a master too. Mm-hmm. But with Chuck, is like as you get older and you read more about him, you read his approach to the characters, absolutely mind blowing. Like Dave, I, I'm pretty sure you and I have talked about before, but when I watched like the Chuck Amuck documentary about mm-hmm. his life, where it's just where he broke down, where they said. Um, you you changed how people use Daffy Duck and how they looked at him. Why is that? And he has that great quote of, Bugs Bunny is who we want to be. Daffy Duck is who we are. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, to yeah. hear that. Like, it almost makes me tear up every time I hear that. Dude. Because it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I it's just that idea of, like, effortlessly cool mm-hmm. versus trying to be cool yeah. and yeah. trying to be everything you want to be. And it's like, that was such a smart decision because... I mean, Daffy used to be just like bugs, but yeah. like crazier. He's yeah, like bounce yeah. on his head and go. <laughs> but then that turn was so brutal. And then you get so many good shorts from that where it's Daffy trying to be bugs. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Tex, Tex Avery and Chuck Jones had very similar philosophy of like the, the, the way the character looks doesn't matter. And where Tex went with that is like, because they can all be wacky and weird, but where <laughs> Chuck went with that is it's more about movement and who they are. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like, I, I remember reading somewhere that like Tex told Chuck, Bugs Bunny works even if he's a bird. Like he doesn't have to yeah. look the way he does. And like Chuck, in Chuck's brain, that was like, oh, right, because I got to figure out who this character is. But in yeah. Tex's <laughs> brain, it was a completely different justification for that philosophy you know what uh, I mean? it's so interesting yeah in all of chuck shorts like the way 
facial expressions oh, God. are everything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that carries over not just as Looney Tunes stuff, but in the Grinch. Yeah. I mean, arguably, like, one of the greatest... Um, moments in any cartoon to me is when the Grinch slowly smiles uh, and his face spreads. Yeah. It's like nothing is said, but that's to this day, like whenever I think of something like lascivious or being like shitty, I'm like, I think of that grin. It nails it. <laughs> but there's so many great moments in his shorts too, where a straight character, someone will just look to the side or look at someone who has is crazy or is doing something like in one froggy evening, there's a ton of great reaction shots and that short has no dialogue. It's Mm -hmm. all just singing. So they say it all with their faces and he did such a good job of doing that. Yeah. Uh, That's how I felt about scared a cat too. Like Sylvester doesn't talk in it. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a cartoon where Sylvester doesn't talk. Yeah. And you know, isn't with Tweety Bird. <laughs> to me, it was a logic thing because mm-hmm. it's set up. They open the door to this scary house, and Porky says, All right, this is the only house that worked for our budget. Yeah. We've got to make sure we stay. <laughs> and it's all that set up. And in this short, Sylvester is his pet. Yeah. So he doesn't talk. He's not a pet. It's like, God, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't have a conversation with him. Yeah. He would be a cat. And there's such a fucking funny scene. Where <laughs> Sylvester's in his bed in the kitchen, he gets lowered down to the basement, and he comes, he comes up back up, and his hair is bone white. white. Yeah, and he goes into the room, and Porky, uh, brilliant, brilliant voicing by Mel Blanc, see, looks over and sees Sylvester, goes Sylvester. <laughs> it's like a huge scream <laughs> at like how he looks is terrifying. Yeah, and Sylvester goes. <laughs> it's like the fact that we know he can talk, yeah. and he's talked in every other short, but now he's meowing. Yes. is. Genius. Yeah. It's a thing of like, I would never think make him meow. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. no. I'm not a genius like him. <laughs> I oh. literally saw that scene, and when he came back up, I'm just like, what did he see? Yes. Like, I, I was so terrified because that ca- that cartoon legitimately had me like uncomfortable. I'm just like, they are literally trying to murder these. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just mice. And I'm trying to think of like the dynamic of like what sentience is in this universe. Sure. And like, who can talk and who can't, and if they're actually just people who are living at that house or not? Because the mice, I mean, who's to say? These mice have clothes on, too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, executioner's clothes for most sure. of them. Usually like a hood. Yeah. And I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, this has gone, this has gotten very serious very quickly. But it works. It's yeah. all, and it's that thing is, as a kid, it's just funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then as an adult, it's funny because it's smart. Yeah. It's like seeing every turn of that. Um, we talked about problematic. We do have to mention, like, because it comes up in Scaredy Cat a lot when Sylvester loads a gun and puts yes, it to his yes. head. Yeah. And Porky grabs his hand and he goes, you crazy cat. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like watching these shorts that we watched for today's episode last night, I was like, oh, they really lay into like mental, oh, yeah. yes. mental instability and like yeah. calling people. Ins- There's a very funny line in Feed the Kitty that kills me. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> The funniest thing about that scene is when Sylvester holds the gun to his head, Porky takes a crazy cat. He opens the um, the chamber, would yeah. that be what it is, on a revolver, and empties the shells out and then throws the gun away. It's like, that's so funny yeah. to empty the bullets out. Yeah. I would I would have just had him toss it. But yeah. it's like, of course he would unload to make sure he couldn't get the bullets to put him back in the gun and do it yeah. again. Yeah. It's like every beat of it is so well and, thought and out. Like Porky's whole vibe is like, ugh, this is just one of those annoying, uh, you know, like I'm a pet owner. I got I to gotta empty my gun around the cat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, man. That they just deal with it. And that's what I mean by, like, we're not, like, winking. We're not, like, calling out, like, how silly it is that he would do it. It's all serious. Yeah. And that whole short is, like, deadly serious. 
God, I love it. I love that his hair goes bone white. It's <laughs> one love, of the funniest things. It's so I good. I love Porky waking up, seeing Sylvester, who just caught the anvil, but looks like he's about to drop <laughs> yeah. it on Porky. Yeah. Yeah. And Porky very earnestly being like, what were you going to do with that anvil? <laughs> that question. Sylvester, what were you going to do with that anvil? It's like such, such an insane question to yeah. ask Didn't he just anybody. smash it on Sylvester right after that, too? Oh, uh, no. He, Sylvester gets hit later from the clock. When okay. The, when the mouse comes out and drops it on his to, head. And he gets hit by the bowling ball that comes down the staircase. Yes. Where he's trying so to many murder right attempts. So trying many, to keep him yeah. straight. Yeah. These uh, mice don't want cats and people in their house. These yeah. mice have kind of designed the perfect haunted house. It's yeah. like really rigged to... <laughs> and I, I, as a fan of horror, this was like... I love the ones that were always like spooky in theme. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it goes everywhere. Whereas like the same with like Mickey with the skeleton dance. And yeah. like anytime... Mm-hmm. Disney did like great Halloween specials oh, that they were God. pulling in. I loved when uh, Looney Tunes would do like the spooky episodes. Yeah. Or add Witch Hazel or... Um, yeah. Is it Horace? Who's the orange monster? Oh, I th- yeah. I what think is so. that dude's name? It starts with an H. Yeah. I know that. Um, yeah, Horror one of my favorite one of my Horton. favorite Mickey cartoons Tim of all Horton's. kinds is uh, of all time is when they're all ghost hunters basically. Yes. Yeah. That's such a good one. It like feels like a pilot episode of their like ghost hunting adventures. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have watched that cartoon and it would have worked. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, it's so funny. Uh, it's it's very funny to me at the end like cuz it establishes in the beginning they're they're in a cart and a cat comes by and he's going to be executed and yeah. that's how it starts. You're like, "Oh, they mean it. Yeah. They have an axe. Yeah. They're going to kill this cat." At the end they have Porky tied up, yeah, and he has a sign that says, "You are right." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny to me. They tied him up, but they let him make that sign. I they thought that, that was going to be the blackout. I thought that was where it was going to end because that's such a funny visual, and like it's the first time Porky's finally like, "Oh, I, I see what what's happening here." If it had ended there, it would have been the bleakest, darkest <laughs> ending to an episode. So instead, yeah. they. Have a mouse rip his executioner's mask off and say something crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, what? cats is? are the. I I wrote that down. I'm like, what was that button? What is, I, I was so. A con- it's a pop culture reference. Yeah, but Which, I'm uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, but it's the. I, and this was a common theme through the episodes that you uh, wanted to talk about. Was just like references that seem too old for like the kids at that point too. Uh, which yeah. came up when we were talking about Animaniacs with having just old oh, references yeah. that kids would not <laughs> get nurse. anywhere. Yeah. 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 Um, Dana Delaney. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's they just, say that in the opening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's Dana Delaney? No, the, this is the, we, we already talked about Animaniacs and we will yeah. again. Um, but yeah, just that line, I'm just like, okay, no, no kid who's watching this at this point knows who the hell that character well, it's is. It's funny that you should say that because I did that hour of Looney Tunes each night. One thing to remember is they had so many of those like celebrity lampoon shorts. Yeah. They were like, we're at a club and now yeah. we're singing Bing Crosby. Yeah. Uh, and now we're doing this. I learned who all these old figures were through Looney Tunes. You did? Yeah. Like it taught me like, oh, that's who Bing Crosby is. That's who this uh, person is. Uh, uh, Clark Gable. Yeah. Like I had no idea who Clark Gable was, one. but he would pop up all the time and like make out with people. The Marx Brothers were always <laughs> Marx around. Brothers were in them. Yeah. See, we had similar upbringings where Simpsons was my thing and uh, Seinfeld was too. But I would also watch this on Nick at, on Nick. Uh, but I like was also raised by Nick at Night, so I was yeah. watching old time old time comedies. 
and was learning through Looney Tunes and like getting the second reference through Nick at Night with yeah. like appearances of people coming on shows. That's a good point. I would uh, do that too. I, yeah. It would lead into Dick Van Dyke show. Exactly. And I'd watch that every night and Get Smart was the other one it would go into. Of course. So I watched those two all the time. Yeah. And you have Mary Tyler Moore and just everybody was just had so many celebrity appearances during those shows. Uh, and it was just like connecting the dots of just like, oh shit, I saw that guy on Animaniacs or Looney Tunes yeah. today. And now it makes sense. Yeah. My um, wife says a lot, um, whenever I show her, cause she doesn't watch like a lot of classic film. If I show her like an older movie or an older show, she'll be like, oh, that's what Simpsons was talking about. Yeah. yeah. And like, there you go. There you <laughs> it's <yeah>. like, that, <laughs> that's the connection. <laughs> it took years for the payoff. Yeah. But she finally figured years it out. That joke was finally funny. Perfect. Um, so which one do you want to go over next? Let's talk about Barbary Coast Bunny. Hell okay. Yeah. yeah. Very, very funny to me. Yes. Yeah. The the design of the fat human feels like <laughs> classic Chuck Jones yeah. visuals. Of you like, mean Nasty Canasta? <laughs> Nasty Canasta. Is that his name? <laughs> That's his name. Yeah. Because it's on in the beginning. It says Nasty Canasta's Bank. I love Jesus it. Jesus Christ. His name is Nasty Canasta. Nasty Canasta. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just the way he talks. It's his perfect. little tiny lips. This is He has a lot of great reaction shots in this yeah um this one starts with the um like our our classic bugs traveling it makes a little pile of dirt in the ground as he goes yep. through and then i love something they establish in looney tunes where whenever he pops up he'll usually say where he was headed yeah there's yeah. been like uh <laughs> the one where he pops up in the i think it's in the bugs bunny movie where he's like oh boy Clis pismo beach and all the clams you could eat <laughs> and this one he pops up and he goes Oh man, I'm supposed to be meeting my cousin Herman in San Francisco. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah. I want to meet Bugs's cousin Herman. Uh, uh, his travel just justifications. He's immediately robbed by nasty canasta, <laughs> and falls then, for it so quickly and easily too. Yeah, somebody is who is of, a grifter. Part of what you were talking about, yeah. the Chuck Jones philosophy, is like for the setup for it. Yeah, we need to see. Uh, the like bugs being wrong <laughs> yeah. first up front, so the rest we could just watch him torture this poor yeah. person because <laughs> this is a bad person who's yeah. taken advantage of. He needs to be taken advantage of. Yeah. And Bugs says, "You realize that this, and you think he's going to say means <laughs> war, which yeah. is quote, but he goes." is not going to go unchallenged, <laughs> which made me laugh because there's even a slight pause and yeah. then he says like the different thing. Yeah. It's like even continuity in these things <laughs> is funny to me. Yeah. It cuts to six months later, yeah. which is so funny to me. It's like, again, every second is a joke. Yeah. It's like the visuals, the backgrounds. Yeah. We just mm -hmm. talk about the guy did them, but the it cuts to San Francisco's beautiful painting I wrote of that it. down. It looked gorgeous. It was such a gorgeous like city painting and it's yeah. San Francisco six months later which meant he let this guy establish himself. No, yes. no. He went to see his cousin. <laughs> like, six months? Yeah. Six months straight and then it was like well visit. Herman I gotta bail. I it's gotta like, go. Some asshole stole all my money and I need to go <laughs> get it back. I gotta go teach someone about comeuppance. It's, yeah, which he, is amazing. He's probably forgotten about me by now. It's so like, now's the perfect time. It becomes like like Bugs Bunny is be, is like a uh, Monte Cristo Count of Monte Cristo character <laughs> yes. now. Where yeah, he's like, yeah. He's like you took my fortune. Well, when he he's like the Count of Monte Cristo if he was from the South because yeah. he yeah. walks in in a ridiculous suit <laughs> with hay in his teeth. Yeah. yeah, to imply he's a dumb country bumpkin, mm -hmm. and it's that little tiny touch, that visual. God, do have been in those rooms and hear them like pitching on it. Mm -hmm. It's funny if he comes, but what if he? Pushes his bumpkinness yeah. to really look like a rube for this guy. What if he yeah. thinks a slot machine is a telephone? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Hello, mother. 
So <laughs> much pours out of him. So yeah. much luck to him, too. Yeah. I, I mean, want to know if he knows that. he'll win. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was wrong. The bad yeah. guy's there. He knows he's good. So he's going off of karma to get him all of his cash back? It's just that Bugs Bunny It's Bugs thing Bunny of, like, charisma. Yeah. Like, when, when, it, when he needs it, things just work out for him. Yeah. Yeah. That makes I mean, sense. W- it'd be interesting to break down when things don't go right for Bugs Bunny. I think as a company rule, it always had to. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. had to. It happens in the first few minutes, and then and then that bad luck yeah. is out of the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see someone wrong him, and he's like, hey, this isn't status quo. Let me show you how you're not me. Yeah. And then you get to see it. Um, to me, the f- single funniest thing in this short is when... Nasty Canasta. <laughs> that name's always going to be I may change my name illegally to Nasty Canasta. <laughs> um, I'd probably do well um, career-wise if probably. I did. But is when he explains poker to him and is like, eh, everybody wins at my casino. And Bugs goes, really? In yeah. a high falsetto for yeah. no reason. No reason. His eyes squint and he just has a really high falsetto and it kills me every time. Yeah. I just want a looping gif of him saying really <laughs> like that <laughs> and i'll start posting it on people's comments when they put weird stuff yeah so much Do of it. what's already funny is heightened by mel blank mm-hmm. oh god Just nailing it bringing nailing it everything god i wonder how many different tries and takes they did for that yeah. he's like let me do one where it's an insane falsetto <laughs> <laughs> no, like, okay sure yeah sure god we got time uh this was yeah i didn't see i had never seen scaredy cat before or this yeah uh, there were a couple of them that I hadn't seen. Oh, I love that. Uh, the others I had, and I'm just like, I remember every beat of this because yeah. it was just, it was the same thing. It was watching them over and over again as a kid because they would just randomly come up shuffled and you'd just be like, yeah, oh, great. I know exactly where this is going. Like episodes of Seinfeld too. Yeah. Where you're just like, okay, this happens to Jerry and then you can just follow the branches of what the rest of the episode is. It's just like, oh yeah, that's when this happens to Kramer too. And then you have like the full episode. Yeah. But uh, I'm not sure I'm... if I had seen this one either. No. Oh um, wow. Yeah. And what struck me about it is it was cool to see uh, the you know the typical format of Bugs exacting his revenge, but this uh, was like primarily at a gambling table, whereas I feel <laughs> yeah. like it's typically way more physical. I mean, it gets physical towards the end because because sure. because it heightens perfectly. But yeah, it was interesting to see that version of like. Uh, yeah, at a poker table. He's beating him in his own game. Yeah. yeah. Um, what another? You say a lot of it's at a table. I love that Nasty Canasta hates that Bugs does bits. Yes. It's like it bothers him that he's doing bits at the table. And then he said, beat your hand, and he blows his hand up. Nasty Canasta screams at him, knock it off, stop it. Yeah. And Bugs gets upset, grabs his winnings, and starts to walk out and forces <laughs> him to apologize. It's so funny. He's <laughs> like, okay, if you're going to yell at me, I'm done. That's yeah. such a weird moment that I don't, I don't know what that does other than just like proves Bugs is in control. You know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. such a funny To choice. me, that's another like just making him be even lower. It's yeah. like, not only will I take your money, but you're going to apologize to yeah. me as I do it. And you're going to let me be silly. <laughs> and then it just heightening to 
money coming out of a gun. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and then him thinking he could do it and getting shot in the face is very funny. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, the violence in these, too. It was yeah. so nice. Yeah. Uh, it's a good change of pace <laughs> from everything <laughs> that's been toned down by the PC police. Oh, boy. Oh, here, here we go. go. Here, here we go. Let's again. get it out. That's what we meant by problematic at the top of the episode. Everything's yeah. too watered down. Yeah. I want to see a duck blow his face off. <laughs> uh, which other one hadn't you seen? Uh, I hadn't seen uh, Hypochondricat. Cool, let's talk about it. Um, yeah, I wrote the first thing I wrote down was weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not entirely sure, but uh, it was, yeah, no, just the change with how much of a hypochondriac the cat was. <laughs> And the two random mice that I had never met before. Oh, you had never seen them? No. Oh, they're great. They have yeah, a great relationship. They're yeah, yeah, they're again what you're talking about, getting your premise out right away. We immediately in their first interaction know the know who these mice are to each other. One of them is the brains and yeah. the other is just along for the ride. One of them is Pinky. Yeah. yeah basically. <laughs> yeah. Predecessors to Pinky and the Brain. Yeah. Yeah. No. And uh, like I saw that I saw them I'm just like I know the relationship but I've never met these two specific mics before yeah, yeah. They, I'm just like they're around yeah. yeah the riot riot <laughs> that mouse has definitely popped up in there so they want to get in from the cold they go into a house but guess what it's got a cat but they instantly see he's a hypochondriac yeah. which they take advantage of and the reason why I suggested this one is because this one to me is one of the two reasons uh, for all of us, it's one of the best examples of heightening Yeah. as far as like where they take it from his illness, mm -hmm. convincing him to a surgery, to flying away to heaven. Yeah. It's like the heightening and the, it's all heightening. Yeah. This short starts and doesn't stop heightening the entire time. The other reason, Dave, was for you because of the um, animation when the cat's unconscious. Amazing. I thought that's It's very like the absurdist kind of animation style that it switches to is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And the use of like how the table spins and perspective in it yeah. is gorgeous. Yeah, no, I wrote that down. I was surprised that they actually went into a dream. Yeah. And all of the just art style for it was gorgeous i think it's it so cool to get that peek into the cat's f frame of mind basically because yeah. like that's that's how that's how he views the world essentially and yeah. again mm -hmm. that feels that feels like a thing that sets chuck jones apart where like uh, this this cat is dumb uh and and like probably a character that others would not sympathize with or like or like uh, care much about maybe, but Chuck mm -hmm. is like, no, we're gonna give you a peek inside of him and like see what it feels like to be him. Yeah, even or it's like, oh my god, this is terrifying and yeah. all this stuff. And it also felt like um, Chuck's like jazz shorts. Like mm -hmm. it, it reminded yes. me a lot of that with like the colors and like the mm -hmm. kind of like again the abstract nature of it felt like yeah. one of those old jazz shorts. Yeah, yeah, a precursor to the dot and the line. There you which go. Is fucking classic, Chuck Jones. Classic. Yeah, you dot showed me line. that. I think you did. Yeah. Yeah. I think that won an Academy Award. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, I just like how they uh, just convinced him he was dead. <laughs> dead. <laughs> and an angel. Yeah. yeah. And then they, when he goes, but I'm not dead. If I were dead, you'd be able to see through me. They roll an x-ray machine <laughs> yeah. that they got somewhere. But that was and also he sees his bones. <laughs> he looks straight down, sees his bones. And then they take him to, they take him to a cliff that has a sign that says cat heaven. Yeah. yeah. And say they tell him to jump. And he has a balloon tied jump. to his butt, and he flies away. And it <laughs> ends with that. Yeah, he just flew away. Oh God! And, yeah, and he fully buys it. The last line of it is him saying, "Farewell, you poor <laughs> earthly creatures." Yeah. He is now fully convinced, and like weirdly happier for it. You yeah. know what I mean? And pities yeah. them. Yeah. 
and he's oh. gonna have to learn the truth. This actually kind of reminded me, <laughs> it's like how like, oh my god, they convinced this cat he was dead, or like how hard they go on him. Reminded mm-hmm. me, I don't know why, but of one of my favorite uh, Donald and Goofy cartoon strips. Mm-hmm. Dave, did you might have shown me this? Maybe, but it's the one where Donald and Goofy are fishing. And yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. and Goofy says something to Donald that upsets him, and he <laughs> ties him up. They throws him in the ocean, tied up. Yeah, <laughs> and he's gone. And Mickey walks up and is like, "Where's Goofy?" And that's the end of the strip. <laughs> I think in the last panel you just like see bubbles. Yes. in the water. <laughs> it's like it implies Donald has murdered Goofy yeah. and just doesn't care. You know, when you gotta pump out a different gag every day, sometimes it, it can go pretty dark and weird. Or just some animators just like, I fucking hate Goofy, and I'm tired of writing for him. <laughs> <laughs> and they just make it canon that he's just murdered by Donald. <laughs> this one short, I erased all of that. Yeah. Oh my God, Claude Cat is the name of the cat. Claude by the way. Cat. Claude yeah. Cat. Yeah. Ooh, it's a good one. Good name. Uh, what do you want to jump to? Which one? Um, the rest I had seen, I think. Uh, so anything works for me. Uh, yeah, the rest I love. They were all classics. Um, let's get Dave, into what do you let's do? get into Duck and Muck because uh, that sort of what we were just talking about about Chuck's focus on character. Mm-hmm. It feels like a very cool, delicate balance in one like this, which has such a weird premise you have to buy into, where like it's these, uh, it's these like. You think it's these two incompatible ideas where one is the audience is aware that this is a cartoon Mm -hmm. and they have to buy into that for the premise, but they also have to buy into the fact that this is a character who is responding to to these things in a in a kind of real way. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, it was it was the first meta thing I had ever seen. Oh, really? Yeah, like as mm-hmm. a kid, is like the fact that like a cartoon is self aware. Yeah. He's like, don't you know this is an animated short? Don't you know like this? Mm-hmm. You have to give me something. And I love seeing him committing. Like anytime yeah. the background changes, he hard commits to it because yeah. that's his job. Yeah. It's so, like you think of it that way, where he's like, hey man, I'm trying my best. Mm-hmm. There's that one line where he's like. He's like, haven't I given you enough? I've been keeping <laughs> trim. I've been like, <laughs> yeah. It's like that small peek into like, oh man, this is his job. Yeah, he's just doing his best to, to do well in this cartoon. Uh, I a love very it. Hollywood answer too. Yeah. <laughs> and it starts with him being like cool and a hero. Yeah, where yes. he like comes out with a sword and he looks great. He's got his outfit and then immediately loses all of it. Yeah. And again, it's that setup of like, well, here's what it is. <laughs> he's trying, and then it's pulled out from under him. Um, oh, and they man. also, they don't just play with the animation, but it's also the audio. Yeah. It's yeah. like, now we're having fun with like a voice actor. Yeah. Yes. Now we're having fun with what a sound effect can do for you. So it was just mm-hmm. deconstructing a cartoon for you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, again, perfect heightening. The structure of it is first fucking around with backgrounds, sound, mm-hmm. uh, his appearance, and then like camera tricks. And then like the, the top heightening would be like the frame sort of deflating around him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's trying just, to hold it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really smart moves the entire time. Yeah. I remember loving this cartoon when I was a kid. Uh, it was just, I loved it, especially when he lost his voice. Uh, it was just such a, and I went to Disney this last week too, and I saw they were playing some of the sh- new uh, Mickey shorts. Okay. Uh, and they have a new one uh, where Mickey loses his ears and he has to go and track him down. 
So you have sound for the first like part I of it. I start crying instantly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just sound for the first like minute and a half until his ears blow away, and then <laughs> <laughs> blow away. Yeah. It's amazing. They just like he. I think he like holds his breath, and they just dis- They like pop off, and like the windows open in the bathroom. He's getting ready to go out, and they just fly out towards the moon and get to like an infinitesimal little dot and disappear. And he's like everything's silent for the rest of it. Until he runs into Goofy and rips off his ears because he's, oh so, he's so mad that he can't hear what Goofy's asking him. That's awesome. I know. I love that they're doing that. I yeah. Love that yeah. They're, first of all, I love their new Mickey cartoons. They're but yeah. I love even gorgeous. more that they're doing cartoony shit with them. Yeah. It was just, I saw that and I'm like, this is really innovative. And then I went and saw this for this. And I'm just like, oh, we've been, they've been doing this for they've years. This for yeah, years. yeah. Again, this is like, this is a departure this is like same philosophy as Tex Avery, but justifying it differently because Tex was doing this sort of meta stuff in yeah. a bunch of his cartoons with like characters like running so fast they jump out of the like film. Uh, the frame. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there's one awesome, I don't remember what it's called. It's like Magical Maestro or something. I fucking love this moment where there's like a little piece of lint that, that you think is yeah. just like a dirty piece of film. <laughs> and, and it's just there pulls for it a while. And then suddenly the character gets pissed off, grabs it, throws it aside. <laughs> yeah, I remember Shit like that. that. Tex that. Avery's been doing for a while. And it mm-hmm. was like Tex and Chuck and Fritz Freeling and a few other people all working in Termite Terrace yeah. uh, where they were sort of allowed to experiment and realize that like they didn't have to do what live action was doing. This was its own art form where they could do things like this. Yeah. And so for Tex, he's gag driven. So like that's primarily what he does with it. But Chuck is able to turn it into the entire premise of a short. Yeah. Uh, because of his strong characters, I would Ooh, say. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's so interesting you say like not tied to live action, whereas like at this time the Disney studio is watching live actors and tracing them. Yeah, because mm. Disney was like obsessed with getting realism. He wanted people to he 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 really wanted animation to be considered an art form so he was like basically he was like look at these moving paintings i'm creating yeah mm-hmm. very different mo <laughs> yeah straight yeah. up tunes baby <laughs> yeah. um i wanted to know how it was written like i need to research that it's like how it was like how they, yeah you, you came up with it it's like i can't like being in termite terrace and hearing and seeing all that is like i've never that might be the room i'm most jealous of mm. not being able to be in that yeah. To like hear how they came up with this or how you would even pitch this. Yes. Uh, and the other thing that's interesting to me about this is like Daffy doesn't deserve any of this. No. <laughs> it's like no. at the end when he's blown up, I'm and Bugs is like, well, ain't I a stinker? He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah he didn't yeah. do it. But then also then go one step further meta where it's like, is Bugs in the real world? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so in this, lo- by his logic. of an animation desk, it, Yes. It? Yeah. It's him at an animation desk. Yeah. It's a photo and he's there. And as a kid, I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I guess Bugs is, uh, can jump between the real world and the cartoon world. Sure. Yeah. Um, oh, that that, this feels one. like a good segue to what's Opera Doc. Let's do it. Uh, talking about Termite Terrace, I'm just going to... I thought you were going to talk about Robin Hood with that ending. Oh, because <laughs> that is a good ending. <laughs> but um, we'll get to that. Too many good segues. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so the, apparently the deal with Termite Terrace is Leon Schlesinger... Uh, who like sort of ran the animation department was like kind of a great boss to have because so long as they came in under budget, 
and there were still good audience responses, he never meddled with what was going on Ooh. creatively. <laughs> nice. Um, so he was just playing golf the entire time. Basically, Okay, yeah. fair and enough. And making so much more money than the rest of them, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, like, there was some insane pace, like, every four weeks they had to deliver a new cartoon. Um, and because they knew they could pump out uh, Roadrunner and Coyote tunes really quickly, mm-hmm. they would fudge the schedule to allow more room for more ambitious stuff. One example being What's Opera Doc. Oh, wow. Which, okay. which I feel like is really cool because when you watch What's Opera Doc, it feels like it just, the, the backgrounds and the like dramatic staging of it, it feels like it got just a little more love than the rest of them. Yeah. Um, there's a quote that I'm gonna try and find. For everybody out there, David has pulled out his first book of the podcast. Just my first. Book. It's very late. It's the Bible. Uh, yes, he's currently in, in Deuteronomy. Oh, I'm sorry, I read that wrong. <laughs> it's okay. So yeah, uh, this is a quote from an interview with Chuck Jones. In order to create a piece like What's Opera Doc, the animation team had to cheat. We had so many Roadrunners, we knew we could do them fast. All eight animators work like crazy to finish a Roadrunner picture in two and a half weeks and would keep Roadrunner on their worksheets after they'd started on something like What's Opera Doc. This meant we could produce an extra film over eight or nine weeks. Oh, man. That's awesome. Which, first of all, is crazy. Yeah. And second, like, j- it's just a really cool... It's cool to learn that, like, they were doing it for the love of it. You know what I mean? Like, they really... Oh, yeah, of course. You could tell. ...to make mm-hmm. this awesome. And, like, when something like what's opera doc would come up they'd be like we got to do this right let's figure it out yeah mm-hmm. let's write some original songs let's use a bit of classic songs like yeah. have it mixed in with um was it mike maltese did the um the original songs yeah mm-hmm. uh, he did the same thing for um run one froggy evening just like where he and chuck jones would write songs for it yeah it was yeah. like what a fun idea to do yeah but goddamn, is this thing beautifully painted it's so it gorgeous yeah, it's amazing to look at um, yeah, no, that made me, that story made me think of, like, Animaniacs and what we saw with that. Uh, I'm just going to keep talking about Animaniacs <laughs> yeah. and this. I'm quickly uh, saying that this show keeps going back to that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, like, just jam as much Animaniacs into this as I can. Perfect. Here we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, this was definitely one of, what did I write down? Amazingly grand is, like, the first yeah. note for it. I'm it's, just like, it's so. It just feels like such a different scale than it's the rest epic. of the. It's epic. Yeah, the cartoons. Also, uh, another piece where it was just like, I don't think kids during this time really know about this opera <laughs> at all, uh, but are just going along with it because it's amazing. Like they did it so perfectly. Well, and it's it's very very funny. Yeah. Yes. It starts with um, uh, Elmer Fudd is in the opera world, and Bugs is not. Like mm-hmm. he's just talking when he's first introduced, but he so quickly <laughs> walks over and starts singing with him. Yeah. Yeah. Right? He immediately is like, okay, that's his game. I'll play it. <laughs> and he sings at him. Uh, he's on board with everything. And Bugs as Broomhilda on that gigantic, the way the horse is drawn oh is so God. funny to me. Yeah. It's morbidly over obese. Yeah. Yeah. It has the tiniest legs possible. It has a little smirk on its face. And when it sits down, its butt like smushes up <laughs> yeah. and bugs slides down the back <laughs> of it. Of the butt. the yeah. horse's tail matches Bugs's eyeshadow. <laughs> it's like every aspect of that. I guarantee you when whoever uh, you know when when they had the drawing done of the horse and bugs on his room, they must have laughed for hours. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the funniest thing we've ever drawn. Yeah. Yeah. It feels uh, the this feels like the perfect example of high and low brow combining to make something yeah. new and perfect, which which I feel like must have been uh, a thing on Chuck Jones's mind uh, 
he he apparently dropped out of high school, but like came from a family of literature nerds. So like was just sort of bored mm -hmm. with high school and went straight to an art institution. Great. Um, and as you know from reading things about Chuck Jones, he loved like Mark Twain and and a bunch of other authors that mm -hmm. sort of did the same thing where it was like this is literature, but it's about a bumpkin rascal child. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I feel like Chuck likes playing with that stuff too. I wish mm -hmm. the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn was called Bumpkin Rascal. <laughs> bumpkin Rascal Child. Bumpkin Rascal <laughs> tricks some kids to paint a fence. This is a working title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I also think this this cartoon, uh, uh, so much of Bugs Bunny is him like convincing other characters to buy into the reality he's selling them. Um, and it feels like in this cartoon, the the cartoon itself buys into it. It feels very dramatic what it looks like he's dead. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the whole cartoon is sort of buying into what Bugs is selling us. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. one, it made me cry when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. When he died, it, it made me cry. It also scared me when when Elmer Fudd goes, Smog! And yell like it scared <laughs> me. And then I cried when <laughs> Bugs died. Even though I had the tagline, I knew he was fine. Like it still affected me. Because of the whole what have I done thing and with him holding him and walking away and his little body hanging down. Oh, like, his so, limp uh, little body. God. Uh, God, the way it's drawn when the reveal happens with the kiss, when the helmet falls off in the hair and it bounces all the way down the stairs <laughs> and Elmer Fudd taking that moment to realize that yeah. he's fallen in love, he's been tricked into falling in love, is so great. We haven't really <laughs> talked about this yet, but the timing is always impeccable in a Chuck Jones cartoon. Yeah. Always. He apparently was obsessive about it and like down to the frame would tell animators what to do. Oh, and it yeah. it stands out. It yeah. shows. It's like the same thing. God, everything. It's like Grinch. I, I love the Grinch too. Like same we could have just talked about that. <laughs> but the timing in that as well is oh, yeah. so great and so quick. And that's time to like a rhyming story. So it has a meter to it. And then yeah. it has songs. So then you have it timed to the songs as well. But that is the thing with like Chuck Jones shorts where again, I don't think there's a wasted frame. Yeah. I don't think yeah. there's a single joke that could have been trimmed. I don't think there's like a a better like, oh, you kind of linger on that angle too long. It's like, no, it moves so fast. There's so much in every one. Like within Barbary Coast Bunny, where it's like San Francisco six months later, is so funny. And it was just an <laughs> establishing shot. Yeah. You then like get that quick joke out of him, and then immediately it cuts into the casino. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. His timing. Yeah. <clears throat> um I I remember this from that documentary, uh, Chuck Amuck. He talks about how for this cartoon, uh, he was told he couldn't do things like have a bright red uh, uh, Elmer in front of like a bright red background. He was like, oh, you're yeah. not supposed to do this in animation, but we were like going for a heightened emotion and it, it works. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, people were like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, man, those colors. Those yeah. And it, it, again, it scared me as a kid, so it worked. He yeah. went for that feeling, and it totally worked. He pulled it off. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Goosebumps. Uh, it's a damn good one. Yeah. The rest of these are all just great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't talk about Chuck Jones without talking about One Frog Evening. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which Steven Spielberg calls the Citizen Kane of cartoon shorts. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, it's probably the one that most people have seen. I would argue, yeah. like, the yeah. second you say it, everyone's like, oh, Michigan J. Frog, which he didn't have that name when that short was yeah, made. No. Came later from the song The Michigan Rag, which was an original song for this short. I don't think I what? realized that, yeah. that it was yeah. made for this short. I didn't yeah. know that. Was Michigan J. Frog, 
tech. Well, I'll use his later name. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, it came from Chuck Jones. That's why it's okay to say. Okay. It. Chuck said it. Was his original name uh, Demon Curse Frog? Because <laughs> I feel like that's it's all that this cartoon is. It's a Twilight Zone episode. Like, it really why is. is this How frog is it a, with eternal life? Yeah. <laughs> alive in the middle of like buried for the safety of humanity. Yeah. Do you want my answer? Yes. yes. Because it's funny. Oh, it's that makes so sense. funny to yeah. me that he's a, eternal. Yeah. Because and then it's an eternal curse. So then you can even argue like, is he there? You know? Yeah. Right. Just oh. as a kid, like I didn't pay attention to that. I'm just like, oh look, there's a frog inside of this, and didn't think like, wait, how long has the frog been alive without like food or air or water? The first box says 1892. <laughs> yeah. And then you can assume it's the 50s. Uh, what year would the short something like that? Yeah, late forties. I'm not sure. Okay, late forties. And it then um, felt very Hitchcocky. And then it cuts to 2056 yeah. 80. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it just jumps around. It's so funny. It's so, it's so funny that he came out of 1892, <laughs> and when he leapt out of the box, the first thing he did was say. Hello, my baby. Hello. <laughs> I was like, how did he know? How did he know that song? Yeah. Vibrations coming through that the concrete. he heard it? That he's yeah. just sitting in there croaking and just hearing like these songs through the wall? Yeah. I love this Every music. beat of it is funny to me. <laughs> yeah. God, there's no... And again, we are talking about it. There's no dialogue except for the singing. Yeah. So everything is in facial expression. And yeah. you know exactly what people are thinking and feeling. Yeah. When they look at somebody or when he's feeling like the anxiety of the frog not doing what he wanted. He looks so desperate. It's like the art in this one is untouchable. And again, no dialogue. Yeah. So like just a, uh, you know, an outline of what happens next. Also, like what, going back to your thing about not a wasted frame too, it didn't need to be in there, but one of the scenes that stuck with me from it was him going home after finding the frog and pulling out his like secret stash of cash. <laughs> yes, from a sock. Yeah, and just being like, <laughs> yeah. you know what? This is all gonna be like my life's work now. Yeah. I'm gonna do this. Like it could have just cut to the theater yeah. and him just being like, "I'm putting this on." He put all of his savings into opening. Yeah. But it's a regiment <laughs> theater. Yeah, but it shows how committed and he then is. He has to buy beer for everybody yeah. <laughs> to come in. He read it the theater free show, free beer. <laughs> it uh, was just so like. He opened the clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, that's what he did. <laughs> so that's what happened to Becky Dress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. I actually I was thinking about this while watching it. I feel like it's a common thing in cartoons of this time period to see like scheming for money being the justification. And I wonder if that's like because these directors are children of the Depression or or like oh, if it's a point. time period specific thing. That. But that that like I, you don't see that as much anymore. Of like. Basically, of like class being an issue in a fun cartoon. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Or, yeah. or, or yeah. like money concerns. Well, we've, we, I host this horror podcast and we talk a lot about like in the 80s and 90s. Like it still happens, but to a much less degree, where like certain people are killed in a movie where it's like the overweight slob gets it and he's always covered in food or whatever. We're like, why? And we're like, well, I mean, I guess it's got to embody like gluttony. Yeah. And yeah. like <laughs> sloth yeah. or whatever. <laughs> but it's like, so greed, greed. to me is like, okay, this guy deserves it because of him being greedy him seeing this and immediately being like i can use this animal for a profit yeah, yeah. it's like okay that's why he deserves it i feel like there are these moments to make you be okay with it yes so mm -hmm. it's like you don't feel bad for them but him sinking his life savings into it is such a funny and that to me yeah. is an older person thing yeah or it's like as a child that moment was a blip yep yeah. to me versus like as an adult you're like oh no yes he's ruined yeah 
and he ends up in a, a psych ward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because he tells a, a cop that the frog was singing to him and is immediately thrown into a psych ward. Yep. Yeah. Oh, God. Where all these, I love that you mentioned like he had to buy all his fuel beer. It's so funny to me that the frog is singing, the curtain raises, he lands. He's very cute when he's not singing, by the way. Yes. And I love how he's animated where his ribbit starts at one corner of his mouth yeah. and goes to the other. Across. And he ribbits, and everyone boos. <laughs> <laughs> Booing a frog is such a funny thing oh, to me. Also, they throw like two or three tomatoes and immediately <laughs> move on to pumpkins. Yes. <laughs> and they all went in there with those vegetables yeah. to drink free yeah. beer and watch yeah. a show. Like, I'll see a show, but I got to bring my gourds. <laughs> Him yeah. going into the manager too felt like a oh. precursor to the aristocrats joke. Cause he oh, goes yeah. in and oh, he's just yeah. telling this entire story and then brings in the frog and just nothing happens. And I'm just like, it, I was just watching that. I'm just like, this reminds me of that. That manager's face is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The way the frog is, is animated jumping out of the box is really funny too. The yeah. way his like kind of legs shoot out yeah. and he's like yeah. all spread out and then pulls him in and lands. The design of that frog is, <laughs> is perfect. Cause like he, he lets it stay really frog like. Like it's yeah. it's kind of it's still a reptile, but he's making it dance. When he picks him up and puts his fingers under his legs and kicks his legs to Ugh. make him dance is one of the funniest <laughs> drugs. Just the frog is dead eyed and just yeah. letting him do it. Yeah. Oh god. There were some interesting like uh like frame positionings for like uh like where characters were, like the yeah. which I noticed in this one too, with like the agent. Like it was only like the top of his head, or like yeah, in like the very bottom of this big frame, and I'm just like, this looks really cool, and I, it's, I wonder why they did it, but I'm on board with it 100. percent Can yeah, we put you on right. the spot? Was Chuck Jones all about like <laughs> frames? How did he use frames? Oh yeah, composition was definitely important to him. I mean, he, I think what made him immediately stand out because he started as a cell washer his first animation job because celluloid was expensive. So they would like wash off this, this oh beautiful God. cartoon art uh. and just reuse the cells, <laughs> which is crazy. But then he moved on to becoming an in-betweener, which again, is probably why he was so good at timing because in-betweeners is frame by frame. You have to really understand how this motion is working, but he came in, uh, with all this art Institute, uh, background and he, and like a really firm grasp of anatomy Okay. Um, and just art training in general. So like that, I think that his eye immediately uh, made him stand out above other cartoonists, and he like quickly rose in the ranks because of it. So yeah, long story short, I think framing was very important to him. Um, Maurice Noble in this book gets into that a little bit, where he was like, book "My job two. is to is to showcase." Uh, what the character is doing and feeling, and so like mm -hmm. the composition should like draw your eye to what is important. Mm -hmm. Did um, we talk about who he is? Oh, sorry, I don't know if we talked about that yet. Maurice Noble did the background designs for most Chuck Jones cartoons from your second book that you. Have yeah, brought. I brought. I brought. A lot. I don't know what the third one is, so I want to know what this is. This is Chuck. <laughs> Harry, Harry Potter. Harry three. Potter. Harry three. Yeah, you yeah. guys. A lot of Chuck Jones knowledge <laughs> in Harry oh, Potter three. That that cover is. Um, so for listeners, yeah. the cover is uh, Daffy Duck. He's sleeping. He has a big smile on his face. He looks like kind of at peace, but also his brow's a little furrowed. Yeah. Mm. And he's dreaming about himself in his tuxedo winning an award that is himself. Yeah. But just him winning an award. That's, that's one of my favorite Chuck Jones illustrations ever. It's perfect. Is, because that says everything. Again, the idea of like Daffy Duck being us. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like these lofty aspirations and like what you dream of when you're asleep or just your dreams, period. That's 
that's such a great like encapsulation of that. Yeah. We're on board with that book. I love it. Good Good stuff. What's it called? This is Chuck Chuck Redux, Redux, which is actually a follow up to Chuck and Muck. Oh, okay. His first book. Oh. His sequel. His sequel. (laughs) It's the one where he fights. um, (laughs) I was was trying to think of Dumbledore's uh, (laughs) enemy. Uh, Voldemort? Voldemort. Thank you. Yeah, this is where Chuck fights Voldemort. (laughs) Um, What's left? Rabbit Hood? Yeah, I think Yeah, I mean we've kind of talked about the best. I'm also I'm fine just like mentioning like <laughs> the two reasons I love those yeah. uh, those shorts. Um so in Rabbit Hood to me, it's it's a funny, very, very funny short, but the funniest thing to me in this is him convincing the sheriff of Nottingham to buy land in the King's Rose Garden. Yeah. And then it cuts to the sheriff has <laughs> six built six months later. <laughs> six months later has built most of a house and, and has a moment of silence where he realizes what he's done. He's leased land that's the king's and has yeah. built a house on and the timing. So you talk about his timing. It's a long moment where he's looking at what he's doing. He looks at himself, he looks around, and then he's mad that he's an idiot. Yeah. But it lets him go through all those stages of realization, which Chuck Jones had in a lot of his shorts, would be those moments where a character realizes is what's happening yeah. like it happened in um um the sylvester and porky one too when he yeah. was scared uh what was that one called scared of cat. scared of cat yeah so <laughs> when <laughs> when the mice push him out the window <laughs> and it happens so fast such a whoop like yeah. the bed pops out the window they land on like a pole yeah and then he said sylvester it's closed cold can you close the window <laughs> and sylvester does the I'm not aware I'm floating on air so I don't fall bit yeah where he walks across closes the birdhouse walks back to it whoop when yeah. he realizes what happens, he falls. But just the timing of that makes yeah. me laugh so hard. And the other thing in that short is when he when he says the king is coming the whole episode, and then finally he's like, the king is here. Bugs has like three costume changes yeah. where yeah. he comes out, he plays a horn, he plays a town cry or whatever, and then a red carpet rolls towards the sheriff. <laughs> when it gets to the end of the rug, Bugs somehow, Bugs is standing up. Yeah, It's the funniest like to go. So you talk about like in between, yeah. like it went from the rug to Bugs fully standing. Yeah. Yeah. And he's dressed as the king. Yeah. And With it's it's one of the funniest character reveals ever. Especially Pop. since yeah. there's been so much buildup and so many character changes and so yeah. m- so much fanfare that you're like, this is going to be a grand entrance. And uh-huh. Instead, Chuck <laughs> subverts that expectation. Is like, actually, he's immediately here. he's immediately there. There's yeah. no like roll into it. You're not like he's he's not there and he's there. And it lets the sheriff like be startled by it. He's like, oh my god, <laughs> you are there because he didn't believe it the whole yeah. time. Also, the sheriff struggling with. Uh, Bugs being like, no, really, the king is behind me. <laughs> yeah. You see him yeah, slowly just like, like, start uh, to sweat. Oh, God, is he there? Like, oh, God, do I? Yeah. Uh, it is that thing of, I don't want to be a moron, but also if the king was here, I would not be doing my duty. So yeah. it's, again, the psychology of it, of him having to do with that. You get where he's coming from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one is Feed the Kitty, which is adorable. It's such adorable. a cute short, mm-hmm. the way they're drawn. The dog's name is Mark Anthony, which is very <laughs> funny. Uh, and then the little tiny kitten, he's a big, mean-looking dog, but then he falls in love with his kitten and he melts. Um, mm-hmm. But it, talking about like mental instability, one of my favorite lines is when the, the wife of the house, which you never see her from the waist up, mm-hmm. it's always from the waist down, mm-hmm. um, which I love when they do an animation. He did it in Run Stimpy a lot. Yeah. John K. did that a lot. But um, is when he's acting weird, he grabs her ankle. She goes, Mark Anthony, have you gone insane? <laughs> like, imagine saying that to your dog. Have you gone yeah, insane? Have you gone insane? <laughs> um, but the best part, hands down, in this short is when 
Mark Anthony thinks the kitten has been made into cookies. Yeah. <laughs> and watching him mentally deal with like being mixed in a bowl, <laughs> being put into an being pounded out with a roller, being put in an oven, and then being cut with a cutter. Yes. <laughs> and then she pulls him in and goes, Have a cookie and hands him a cookie in the shape of a kitten. Yes. Yeah. So he thinks it's Which his he cat. Which like a shaky hand puts, <laughs> yeah. puts on back. his back to <laughs> walk so around because he loves his cat. And he's like, oh, I could still take care of you. <laughs> That's the joke I love from that yeah. is, mm-hmm. is him caring that much and losing his mind. Even though we as an audience know the cat is fine. Yes. Yeah. He takes that second to be like, he's okay. So then it's funny watching him have the breakdown. I was mm. thinking about this and I need to rewatch Monsters, Inc., because there's straight up a rip or homage, yeah. depending on what you want to call it, of Sully thinking uh, Boo, Boo is being like what she's on like a conveyor belt. She or gets something. like killed. Yeah. Uh, does he do? Does the audience see that she's actually fine? You uh, you have to because I don't remember that part, but you would have to because imagine to, like right? kids being like she's being cut. Yes. Like there's mm-hmm. no way they do that at Pixar movie. But like they try and do the similar cut back to Sully being devastated. Yeah, that's a good point. They straight lifted that they gag. Straight lifted it. From feeding, well, it could be lateral thinking. I yeah. always give people the benefit of the doubt because I've like created shows where I've been like, oh yeah, I guess that was. I guess it's inspired yeah. by this thing. I don't know, though. You think the animation nerds at Pixar aren't aware of Feed the Kitty? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Feed the Kitty. That, that every day of their life is drawing and watching animation that yeah. they wouldn't be aware of Feed the Kitty, which yeah. is a masterpiece. It's the one that I would say, like, if you haven't seen, uh, to your listeners, of all of these, I'd really recommend Barbary Coast Bunny is very funny, mm-hmm. um, and Feed the Kitty is very sweet. It, yeah. It's like, I've shown that to non, like, tune heads, mm-hmm. and they've been like, oh, that's Funny, it's cute, it's sweet. I love yeah. how happy it is. Mark Anthony's like chuckles whenever the, the <laughs> yeah. kitten does something adorable. It's, it's worth it alone to see how he chuckles when the kitten does something. Oh, and it's yeah. also cute when he wags his finger knowing in the kitten's face. He goes, because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't talk because he's a pet. Uh, dog. Mm-hmm. I love that logic. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about the button from Robin Hood? Let's do it. That really just <laughs> threw me for yeah. a loop. Well, why do you want to talk about it? It's completely normal. Yeah. <laughs> that like Errol Flynn would fly in. Yeah. And <laughs> people are and Bugs is just like, oh, and just like, how? Okay. I went to a screening of the Errol Flynn Robin Hood, and they played this short before it. Oh, great. (laughs) And I can only imagine that's how it was in real life, right? Yeah, that's the thing to remember is like, because we talk about like, oh, kids wouldn't get this order. It's like, well, these were playing in theaters before movies. Yeah. yeah. I loved, when I was a kid, my dad took me to see The NeverEnding Story Part 2 in theaters, and before it started, because it was a Warner movie, they played the, um, it was not Chuck Jones, it might have been, it might have been Frizz, but they did the, um, the Fort short where it's Bugs Bunny's in one fort, Yosemite Sam's mm-hmm. in another. It's the we versus they or us. Mm-hmm. And they're fighting back and forth and raising and lowering the flags. My dad and I were in tears. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tears. Like before I said, it's like, it felt great to hear my dad laugh. It was so cool to see it on a big screen. Yeah. And the whole theater was laughing at every beat of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, yeah, we forget how fun cartoons are. I loved when I was a kid and I went to see whatever movie it would have been and they played um, that Roger Rabbit cartoon before it. Yes. Yeah. Whatever Disney movie came out in the 90s and they put that that cartoon, Roger Rabbit cartoon for it. It's like, do that. Yeah. Play yeah. shorts. That's fun. Yeah. Don't make them 22 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's like everyone talks shit about the Frozen thing before uh, Coco. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. 
I mean, I didn't think it was that bad. Number one, number two, I'm not a child. Right. So like, I get it's for kids. Yeah. I'm here high to watch Coco. I don't care what they show for it. But that's my thing of like, make a great six minute short that's very funny and tight using your IP. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy to me they don't use Mickey Mouse more. Yeah. It's crazy to me they don't McDonald Duck and his nephews or Uncle Scrooge cartoons and put them before their movies that yeah. come out. Yeah. It's like five or six minutes max. We get a great funny story like the Mickey Baguette short that they just released was oh, so yeah. cute. That was yeah. awesome. Put that before your movies. Yeah. It's like no one cares. I'd rather see that than uh, another trailer. Yes. Also, like I love all of the Pixar shorts that have been coming out. They've been great. They're really heartfelt. They're really like they make you feel something. But nothing's funny anymore. Like, they're not comedic. That's a good point. It's yeah. just, like, you'll cry at the end of Lou because you're just like, oh, he was a bully, but now he's a friend with everybody. Or, like, the volcano one, the two volcanoes falling sure. in love. Yeah. And it's, it's like almost... trying to make them poignant instead of yeah. trying to make, like, a funny cartoon. They're making art pieces instead of just, like, It's almost like a fun Pixar, short. like, is trapped in what they... What audiences know that they do well, kind of, you know yeah. what I mean? They're sure. Like, well, we... Sentimentality over yeah. like funny. Yeah, Pixar I mean, is the Oprah of animated <laughs> stuff now, just trying to get you to cry. You know, it's crazy. I never thought of that till just now. Yeah. It's like it's same with Coco, where it's like I cried like two or three times in it, but I was like, yeah, I didn't laugh. No. I thought the songs were beautiful. I really thought it was a good movie, but I was like, oh, it's a drama. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it kind it's of an is. Animated drama. They also needed more songs instead of like Remember Me three or four different <laughs> ways. I just I remember that like cuz I was driving down <laughs> to Disney. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I was driving down to Disney. I'm just like, "Oh, I'll listen to the Coco soundtrack." And it was four times of Remember Me and then seven other times of Remember Me by different artists. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, Jesus Christ, they I can't really take this. really want you to remember. Yeah. That's why I don't, like, a lot of people collect soundtrack on vinyl, and I don't because usually it's the theme two or three times. <laughs> yeah. And, like, a weird cover. It's like when they did a Halloween 2 release, Mondo, mm -hmm. who, by the way, if you're an animation fan, if you don't know Mondo's prints. It's right behind you. Great, get into it. Yeah. Um, but they like do a lot of vinyl too, with like yeah. covers and fold out posters. And they released Halloween too. I was like, oh, I'm gonna buy that. And I was like, well, before I buy it, mm. let me go on Apple Music and listen to it to see what the score is like. It's the theme eight times. Yeah. I was like, thank Christ I didn't buy this. <laughs> yeah. It was like the art's cool and I could hang that, I guess. But yeah. I, I bought the Gremlins one just because of the uh, the actual like cover for it changed when you put water yeah. on it. And with yeah. like exposure to the sun, yeah, uh, I didn't care about the soundtrack at all. I haven't seen Gremlins. <laughs> you, threw, you threw the record away. Yeah, yeah. Did you say you've never seen Gremlins? No, I haven't seen it since like oh, okay. uh, childhood. Okay. Uh, we put it on during uh, we had a housewarming here during Christmas, and we put that on, and no one paid attention to it, and I of felt course. so bad. Well, it's a fun background movie though. There's a lot of great visuals in it, and like yeah. just looking at it. I could watch Gremlins with the sound off and music, and I still think there's a lot of fun to it. Yeah. But no, there's also some stuff that's problematic, which brings <laughs> us back to the beginning, folks. Hey, yeah, folks. We've come full circle. Uh, <laughs> hey, man. Thank you so much. You're Thanks very for welcome. On. Thank for, you for having me. For talking some tunes. Always yeah. a pleasure. Always good to have an excuse to, like you said, Dave, just sit down and watch some tunes. Yeah. It yeah. just makes you feel good. I said off yeah. mic that I now want to start all my mornings with a block of Chuck Jones cartoons because yeah. it just made me so happy to start this day. <laughs> It'll just it's be great. like childhood. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's basically. what we did. Oh, yeah. We, we, we knew what was up. Uh, so what do you have to plug? Horny for Horror? Yeah. 
Horny for Horror. Uh, you can <laughs> listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. You can search us on social media at Horny for the number four horror. It's hosted by me, Betsy Sidaro from Netflix's Disjointed yeah. and Mono Agapian from UCB's Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's such a good show. It's great. It is. Um, do you guys have a live show coming up? Or Not anything live do? coming up. We did a live episode uh, that we posted in December, but we don't have one planned yet, but we do have a lot of very cool things on the horizon. Awesome. We have a lot of great interviews, too. Like we said, interviewed Tim Curry. We've interviewed G- Derek Mears, who played Jason in Friday the 13th. Oh, that's right. Nice. Uh, today's episode, I, uh, well, whenever you release this, <laughs> the episode I released when we recorded this uh, <laughs> features Mike Mitchell from the Doughboys and the Birthday Boys. It's a good listen. Cool. He reminds me of the uh, dog and the kitty. <laughs> yeah. <Feed> the kitty. <laughs> and Mark he loves Anthony. cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. got his How two cats. That yeah. just feels like that dynamic. He's, he's Mark Anthony. He's I'm going to send him that short and be like, you're Mark Anthony. <laughs> That's Do amazing. It. Do it. <laughs> I will. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Uh, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, Rachel, Oscar. Yeah, Claire? Claire? Do you love Disney movies? Uh-huh. Have you seen them all? Not, Not all of them. them. What do you guys think if we watch them all in chronological order and then talk about them? Ooh. Oh, and what if we could talk about it with some of our favorite friends? <gasps> I love that. Yeah, what if we do it inside the Disney vault? You know, that's the name of our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media. Yeah, check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to yours. That's Inside the Disney Vault. Let's go. Woo! Campfire.